Welcome to the Better Human Podcast. I'm making humans better humans and demystifying the world of relationships, communication, and entrepreneurship for your better life. For this season and the next few weeks, we're taking a break from our regular episodes. And instead, we're inviting back some of our most popular guests and some new ones to ask them one very important question, which is what has been the most important learnings you've taken from the last two years? These mini episodes are designed to give you insights from our tribe and mentors so you can learn from their experiences and enhance your own life and contribute to making humans better humans. Today, we brought back one and only friend, someone I admire and respect tremendously, retired Navy SEAL, author, amazing human being, Mr. Ed Heiner. And if you want to hear his full bio and check out the original episode on Navy SEAL leadership, check out season two, episode five. We're going to be talking about the discipline in maintaining relationships and what it takes today. And most importantly, finding ways to heal in unexpected ways. Ed, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Ed, I am more thankful for you having me and coming on this and sharing with you a little bit before. This is one of the episodes and conversations that I've been looking forward to most. And we just shared a little bit about who you are, but you were with us last year and we spoke a lot about your new book that had come out at the time called Guts, Greatness Under Tremendous. Yes. And you shared a lot of some of the tools and lessons that you've developed and taken through your Navy SEAL. And it was a brilliant conversation, man. And I loved it so much and your book so much as well. And now we're back again. So Ed, we are asking a huge question right now, which is what have been some of your biggest, greatest reminding lessons over the last couple of years? Big question, right? <laughs> I think what I've learned a lot is, and uh, I'm continuing to learn, I guess you would, is uh, the importance of relationships. When you ask that question, like that is, I think we all, I think during this COVID period, these lockdowns and this kind of shutdowns and all these things that is how important relationships are and actually how you actually have to really reach out and, uh, and do them, you have to put discipline around doing so. And I think a lot of people experience that. It, it, it just, I think isolation, if you look at the Geneva Convention, for instance, in the laws of war, if that's not an oxymoron, is that, you know, isolation is against the law. And putting people in solitary confinement and whatnot as prisoners is. And I think a lot of us during this COVID period found ourselves, in some sense, prisoners in our homes, in our minds. But I think the relationship part of it is, is you have to have discipline to reach out and to keep establishing those relationships. Yeah. You know, mental health has a lot to do with obviously, and yeah. that's a big challenge with mental health right now. And I think part of that is because people are, are fatigued, right? So it's harder to deal with some of the stresses that uh, we've been facing, but community, this is it. You know that so well, you live and breathe this as a seal, your yeah. team and togetherness. And I'll never forget. You told the story last time, which you said, look, you know, where you see those movies or you see the, in the buds training, we got all of them in the ocean and it's freezing fucking cold. And they've been there for like days upon end standing in the water. Remember this? Oh yeah. You said one of the things yeah. that we really are mindful of is we make them lock arms because if we really yeah. want to fuck them, we'd make them do it uh, by themselves. But it does a few things, but one of them is that unconsciousness that we are in this together and we are supporting and holding each other and you'll hold me up and I'll hold you up. And that's what I think you're talking about with these relationships. And yes, people have become maybe complacent, maybe lazy, maybe a little too self-oriented to say, what could I do and extend for other? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Cause relationships go both ways, right? I mean, it's a, it's a two way 
street. And I, I think it's important for all of us to do that and continuously build those relationships in, in the work environment. We have people talk about it. Relationships are important, but now these lockdowns and these modified work environments, I've talked to people that maybe go in two days a week and they stay home three days a week. So it's even more important because those relationships, you can't, re I just, I don't think you can replace those in person. There's something about being in the presence of other people and a team and a good functioning team that really brings out, can bring out the best in there. But yeah, the budget students here, yeah, the way we do punish them is it's right. This separate them. One is for warmth too, but it's also for you're in this together with someone else beside you. But when you're isolated, it's, it just brings in a scary world. And then your mind starts to do that, what I call awfulizing, right? Thinking the worst case scenario and you're inside your brain and it just keeps going and going and just, you know, ruminating on it. And uh, things start to happen and bad things happen. When you're right about this mental health, I've talked to a lot of people that really struggled during the lockdown periods. And, I, and, I, and that's a good you know, lesson to all of us that we really got to, we really have to be on the offense, offensive mindset on these relationships and, and stay in touch with people, checking in. So I said to, I was uh, in a coaching session earlier with someone and we were chatting away and I'm like, how things going? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, Hey, so what's happening with the back to work? And she was like, we're two weeks full back in and obviously hybrid models and stuff like that. And I said, uh, yeah. I said, so what are you, what are you focusing on? And what do you think you need to really be mindful of as a leader and blah, 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 blah and doing my coaching thing. Right. Cause Sometimes in coaching, you can't give them the answer. You need to help lead them to the answer, as they say. But I'd eventually boiled down to this. I said, look, one of your biggest responsibilities is to help people re-socialize. Your job is to be a steward of a community. Yeah. Your job is to, to, to nurture people back into interpersonal relationships, right? And people are going to, some people are going to launch back in and that's going to create a challenge for others. And others are going to have a, a very difficult time with that. If you were slightly introverted yeah. before. My, my father-in-law is yeah. like this in the, the perfect for him. He is happy not talking to another human being, right? But <laughs> he, we might acknowledge that is not the nor that is not the majority. That's, that's minority. So Ed, let me ask you this question, your relationships yeah. over the last couple of years, are you aware of maybe doing things a little more intentionally with them in regard to reaching out and investing and building again? Have you been mindful of that? Yeah. I, I, yeah, very much so, especially in my Mexico retreat back in September, that kind of changed things too. And I, I kind of got, I've developed a new group of people, a circle of people that we all reach out to each other and express ourselves in ways we never did before, yeah. which is pretty cool. But it's a, it's a group of a bunch of people that did the same kind of treatment thing I did. And, but yeah. Are you comfortable? I, I do. I find myself reaching out. That, that, that group, that treatment, that experience, what it was, and, and, and yeah. lessons that you, or, uh, or outcomes you've taken from that? Yeah. It's just it's for your listeners here. Yeah. Was, in September, I went to a uh, retreat in Mexico. It's sponsored by a nonprofit organization. And the retreat is, it's psychedelics and it deals with, it helps people that deal with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, you name it. And yeah, I went to it for a request of a friend. He told me about it because I saw him one, one day at a party and he was completely different. Wow. And this guy had spent six years with us. He was an Iraqi interpreter. His name's codenamed Johnny Walker, best-selling books and to be a movie. And he told me about the thing and I was like, wow, okay. And I went and uh, yeah, you ingest Ibogaine, which is the grandfather of all psychedelics. I mean, I know it sounds strange to hear this, but it's an awakening dream state, if you would. When your eyes are closed, you're going into some strange places. And I did that. And then on the, two days later, you do this, what's called 5-MeO-DMT, which is the God molecule, the toad. 
And then once you hit that, you pretty much dissolve and uh, your ego dissolves. You, you get a fresh, I would say your cells release the negative energy that you've obtained. And since then, it's been a lot of differences from it. Um, yeah, I used to have not the, you know, feel a victim or anything, but I had, even though I was healthy, I was working out, I was taking care of myself. I used to have these nightmares that would come about every few months and it would just, I could tell it, it was come on. And I'd have the same ones over and over for about three days. And, uh, I'd almost be incapacitated and it's been six, seven months and I uh, haven't had one yet. I don't think I'm going to. It's incredible. Cause my experience down there was pretty in depth, <laughs> if you would. It, yeah. Well, you, you, you and I were, you and I were chatting about it when you were going down, you're telling me about it and psychedelics there, there is so much research and work being done around psychedelics and how it is helping, as you said with PTSD and traumatic brain injuries and depression. And this isn't, oh, let's just go and get high and run off. This is, the, no. it, it was very, very organized and specific in regards to the pre-work that you did, which was all around, I think, yeah. about the journaling and writing down some of what the objectives were and, 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 and working through their manual, setting intentions. There was dietary restrictions. There was before we yeah. even went down the road, there was things. And tell me a little bit about the, the medical side. Cause I think you were saying there were a lot of doctors involved with this as yeah. well. Yeah. The, uh, Dr. Polanco is, is his name. It's, he's been doing it for 20 some years. He runs an organization called the mission within, and he takes us to Mexico. It's five veterans at a time. And you go in this beautiful place overlooking the ocean in Ensenada, and Ensenada and you get it. It's five of us in a room. And when you ingest the ibogaine, and that's a, it's not like a party <laughs> hallucinogenic. It's, it's a very strong hallucinogenic. And you ingest it, and all five of us are in the same room on a, a mattress on the floor. It's beautiful, spiritual. It's a, the whole thing is very spiritual. But also right beside you, you're hooked up to an EKG. You have an IV port, and you take an O2 saturation, your blood pulse, all those things. We have a surgeon, a heart surgeon in there, and two nurses. So it's a medical kind of thing because ibogaine is strange. You can have heart issues, but yeah, so it was spiritual, but it was also take, it was a professional thing. It's not like some hippie retreat or something crazy. It was really done well. And everyone that I've spoken to that had been down there, I actually went in January. I took a friend of mine down there. I was suicidal and he came back and he's a new person. I think it just gives you an opportunity to explore things that are in your mind and your life that you can do it without that, the emotion attached to it. Correct. I think it's what happens is you get to experience, because these things are very vivid. You experience some things that you experience in life, but you do it without the emotion, without the horror, without the, the guilt or all those things that come along with the combat stuff. And it gives you an opportunity just to, to come to peace with it and to deal with it. I tell everybody my experience, if I had to basically do a log line for it, for a, a movie or something, it would be, I, I got gutted by a demon and uh, spent the day with God. <laughs> so that's my in one sentence, that would be how I experienced that. Well, well, and what you've just described is what is called the debriefing. It's a different way, but what, what, what you do is you go and you process through the trauma again without the emotion, right? And that what allows us to what is defined gain uh, mastery or observation or awareness or logic or psychological mastery over the events. Doesn't mean that one is, is, yeah. is the event goes away, but we process it differently. As you said, the demons maybe not there so much. It's an incredible experience. Yeah. And, and you're currently working on a book, a movie, a show. Can you share anything? Yeah. I'm right now I'm with a production company and we have finished our 
designing a six part series, six, six hours or hour series. So it's a six hours long on psychedelics and post-traumatic stress disorder with the veteran community, because it's becoming a very big thing and it's still illegal in the United States, which is ridiculous. But Dr. Polanco and some other organizations are doing this. You, you can look at the success rate is 80% is what Dr. Polanco says is 80% of people that go through this therapy never have PTSD symptoms again, or they fall below the threshold of PTSD. And, and it sounds a lot of medical people would be like, well, that's crazy. There's no way that's possible, but it is possible. Because a lot of times science doesn't catch up. It takes a while for science to get up. So we're hoping this documentary will bring these different forms of medicine out to the public. So they can see, because you got, you know, we have friends and combat veterans that are, did 20 years at war. Now it's hard for most people to imagine that one tour is enough. And then you get two, three, four, 10, 12. It's hard to come out of that. It's hard to just walk away. And uh, I think these therapies have helped some of my friends that I, I couldn't believe it helped. I went down there and watched it myself, not as a participant, but I, uh, to take a friend of mine down there and I sat with them during both the ceremonies and it was incredible to see the end product and to follow up with the guys and just see there, they dealt with it and it's really neat. It's a cool thing. Yeah. So besides relationships, maybe that's the other big lesson that we've taken, which is your, the importance of healing yourself. Yeah. I, I don't think until I did that, I don't think I, it's kind of, if you're carrying a backpack, 40 pound backpack all your life, and then you don't know it, you get used to it until it's gone. And then you realize, oh, okay, that's what that feels like. And it's that burden that uh, we all experience uh, through these therapies is that it, you can actually deal with them. And it's instead of taking 10 medications or whatever, a lot of guys are taking is to, to deal with these things and uh, touch into that soul area. It's amazing. Ed. Um, so. Anyway, I know we've had a little bit of two different conversations, but just to recap, I, I love what you're talking about with, uh, with relationships and making sure that we're reaching out and being proactive and stepping up and also being aware of getting away from those superficial questions, which is, Hey, how are you? Right? <laughs> Nine out of 10 times. I'm not actually fucking asking you that. It's just, <laughs> it falls out of one's mouth. So considering the fact that we are, we people have been living in isolation and there's this, this transition and change again, making sure that one is paying attention to people and reaching out and checking in and, and being available, contributing to that community, being that steward again, love that. And then the other thing that you said indirectly that we were chatting about, just some of the experience that you've gone through over the last uh, year was going through your own healing with an alternative tool, which has become very popular and very researched lately and is generating some incredible results as you've personally experienced and seen a number of yep. times, which is in the exercise of healing our traumas and healing our wounds and healing our demons. And if we can do that, we're going to then realize the light load, the 40 pound backpack isn't there anymore, which is going to yeah. open you up to doing so much more and doing what you need to do. Cause Ed, you're an amazing, amazing fucking human being, right? Like you're on this wor earth, you're here to share a message and to make an impact. And I'm just excited to be along with yeah. it as you're doing it. Appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So on that note, coming to the end of the show, let me ask any parting words of advice and wisdom for the audience members. And more importantly, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? You can go to edheiner.com. Or you can go to myphd.me 
That's my newest website. It's uh, my program for all kids. You can see what we're doing to help uh, foster youth, juvenile, kids of color, kids of hard-hit neighborhoods. A partner and I work with the San Diego Courts and Juvenile Systems on myphd.me because that's what we get the kids, right? At, at the end of it, we give them a PhD in themselves, which is probably the most important thing you can get is to understand yourself. Mm -hmm. and then you can navigate the world. And I think a lot of people get ahead of themselves and try to navigate the world without understanding who they are and how they control their destiny. Yeah, work on yourself. Everyone, it's hard to, to do anything in life if you don't have a strong foundation in that mindset. And I talk a lot about that Guts, the Guts book, which is doing extremely well right now. It was sold out for over a month. So that's a good sign. But it's it, word of mouth has been hitting it and people can realize it's a step-by-step -step build yourself first, put your oxygen mask on first, and then help other people. Um, so that's for me, it's really just getting people to reach out to other people, start those relationships and to own that PhD in me, yourself, own yourself and own your, own your life, uh, but don't outsource it to other people. Take the offense and go for it. It's amazing. Thank you, Ed. Hoo-yah. Thanks, brother.